check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing. Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Tennessee with Yvonka. I'm your host. I am here today with one of my great friends and one of the best uh, car dealers you could ever buy a car from and build a relationship with. His name is Mark Caldwell with Mercedes of Knoxville. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. I wanted to get right into it because we have so many viewer questions and so many different things I want to talk about. But the biggest thing is, is introduce yourself, give us a little history about yourself, your family, that type of thing. Well, my name is Mark Caldwell and I'm married to Diana. Uh, we've been together about 38 years, I think. Uh, we have a son, Josh, and a son, Russ. Uh, both of them are married and have families of their own. Okay. And uh, my wife is, has a career in the housing uh, business, and I've been in the car business for 44 years. And they have been serving the public for so many years, we probably will never be able to serve as much as they have. Uh, both of them, let me just say this, Mark has been a mentor to me and David. Uh, he's been a friend and a family member. Um, he stepped in our life 18 years ago. I don't know if you even know that. It was 18 years ago that it was a man that um, worked at a dealership uh, that took a chance on me and David. Uh, give you a little background. Is uh, D David always said that his wife would drive a Mercedes. He wanted me to drive a Mercedes at the time. We weren't married. But he said I, that was what he envisioned. But at the time, David's credit, my credit, was not where it needed to be. And the big thing was we needed someone that could look past what our credit was at the moment and to see what we were going to be in the future. And Mark Caldwell was that person. Um, we went to see him. Um, I'll never forget that day that he walked up with a smile on his face, greeted us, and went to work from there. So let me say before we get into this, thank you for everything that you did for us. You have always done for us, and thank you for believing in us uh, because it means a lot. Well, you're very welcome, and uh, believe me, my trust was not uh, ill ill used. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. He sold us our first Mercedes. And I'll never forget him handing the key to me. And I was literally shaking inside because I couldn't believe that was happening, um, being elevated in that uh, way. And I couldn't believe that I was there um, just at that age, at a very young age. You know, uh, there's all nice cars out there. So I would ask the first question would be is, Mark, what sets Mercedes, you know, out from any other car, from, you know, economy cars to luxury cars to all cars? What sets it by itself? 
extreme safety, okay. extreme longevity. Okay. You know, Mercedes-Benz is the oldest made car in the world. They started building Mercedes-Benz in 1886. Really? Since then, they have amassed 137,000 safety patents. Oh, wow. And almost anything you'll find on any car that you look at that's a safety feature, if you trace it back, the chances are it was a Mercedes innovation. Really? Yes. I didn't know it went back that far. Well, I'll tell you this. I We love Mercedes. Um, it may be because Mark, being the salesman that he is, that he always taught us, you know, what to look for, those type things, and, you know, what the value of that car is. Uh, can you give us some little background on, you know, Mercedes, the uh, build of Mercedes, the car itself? Well, Mercedes-Benz cars are made out of 14-gauge uh single stamped virgin metal. At one time it was all steel, now it's a lot of it's aluminum and aluminum alloys as things have become more modern. Okay. In 1956, they introduced the integral internal roll cage, which okay. was a very common thing now that's taken for granted, but at the time it was a real setting uh, thing in the industry to where the car will withstand so much weight. 25,000 okay. pounds on its roof. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a result of that, their engineering uh, has always been the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And their methods of construction. You know, you have to look at the nature of the German people. Okay. Germans are not capitalists. Gotcha. There's nothing wrong with being capitalist. Americans are capitalists. Right. But they're not capitalists, and they look at things differently, and they say, we're going to build this many cars, and the people that buy these cars are going to drive them for 20 years. Okay. In America, not many people do that. Right. But in Europe, a lot of people do. Okay. And we want to build a car 20 that years. Will, will last 20 plus years, and that's what they build today. And, you know, Good solid. Yes. A lot of times you see all these Mercedes driving around and you think, oh, there's so many Mercedes driving around. But if you really knew how many of those Mercedes were 10 and 12 and 15 years old. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. What would you say is the biggest misconception about Mercedes? There's probably how, several. How much, <laughs> how, how much it takes uh, it costs to own one, both in the purchase and, okay. in, and in the maintenance. Please explain. Let's let's go on the purchase first. Well, most people assume that you have to spend in excess of $60,000 on a new Mercedes. Okay. However, of the 28 models that Mercedes produces, okay. uh, some 14 of them cost under $60,000. Really? Yes. So, out of 28... Under sixty, so why does why does people think that? I think going back as long as I've been around Mercedes Benz, it's been a at one time uh, and at the time uh, a, a new Mercedes cost twenty five thousand dollars and up. We're going back in the early eighties. Okay, but at that same point in time, you could buy a uh, top of the line General Motors car for eight thousand dollars. So okay. they were very expensive cars then. Uh-huh. And uh, so only wealthy people bought them. Right. 
However, we went through a period uh, with Mercedes-Benz in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, where Mercedes went nine years without a price increase while everybody else was continuing to increase their prices. That makes sense. That makes sense. And as a result... And more people can afford them. As a result, everybody caught up to us in price. But Mercedes has not cheapened anything as long as I've been with Mercedes, I'll have to proudly say. They've never cheapened their car. They just didn't raise prices. They didn't raise prices. They held the price for a long, long time. Okay. Okay. uh, so you've got Mercedes, brand new Mercedes you can buy for $30,000. So you can, 35, 40, 45. You know, if you go out and shop. Right. And, and uh, some of the brands that come from Japan that you think have a reputation for being affordable, their nicer cars cost more than some of our cars. That's true. That's true. So, okay, for the person that... Um, their dream cars are Mercedes, mm-hmm. but right now they can't afford a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to those people that, you know, one day they will be able to afford it? Sure they will. Sure they will. What would be your advice and what would you say for them to look for when they first do make it there? What should they be looking for? For one, they need to come to you. Well, they need to go to a person that has a, a good amount of expertise that they can form a relationship with. Right. That knows the difference between good and bad. That's true. That has the knowledge to know a good car from a bad car. Uh, you know, Mercedes Benz that are well taken care of, well maintained, will probably outlast most new cars. But not all of them are well maintained and well taken care of. That's true. Uh, so they need. That's the first step they need to do. I will say this, and I'm not just saying this because he's sitting in front of me. Um, he has never sold me a car that was a bad car, and the reason why I'm saying that is because he was saying you need to go to someone that basically knows the product, knows what to look for to make sure that you're buying you know, the best of the best. Um, so I do think that the relationship uh, with your car dealer is huge. Plus, you, and then their knowledge of the product that they're going to sell to you. you got to know that. And you need someone that is going to speak to you on a level. It's kind of like going to the doctor or going to the hospital and, you know, a doctor talking over your head using big words that you know nothing about. It's the same way in a car, especially a Mercedes, because there are so many different bells and whistles that are on those cars. You want somebody that is going to explain to you, in layman's terms, of what that car is. And I can say, uh, most of the time when I buy a car, uh, Mark is wanting to explain everything to, to me about that car, and I'm over here trying to get in the car so I can drive, and he's trying to slow me down to tell me about the car. <laughs> so I do think that part of that is, look, Yamaka is wanting to drive. But I do uh, agree with you that you have to go to someone that's knowledgeable. Um, can you tell me, what do you think, um, what of right now, if somebody's very first experience with a Mercedes. Um, can you give us a little um, 
summary of what the difference between a C class, an E class, and an S class. Well, yes, actually, that's a, another misconception. The quality that goes into the construction of a, any of the Mercedes is the same. They don't make a cheaper car and a better car. All the cars are built the same. Okay. Now, they're different in size. Okay. You know, there's a CL in the sedans, there's a CLA, then there's a C, then there's okay. a CLS, and there's an E, and then there's an S. Okay. Uh, these are all different sizes of cars, and they come with different amenities. Okay. And all but the safety and the quality of construction is the same throughout the line. Okay. So, you know, a lot of times the decision on what to buy is not one necessarily just of price, it's of need. What size car do you really need? What car suits your transportation needs? Okay, now this is just a question that, uh, that I'm asking, not of your question, is I've driven, you know, a C-Class. I haven't bought a C-Class, but I've driven one before, and it kind of feels a rougher mm -hmm. ride mm -hmm. than the S-Class. Mm -hmm. um, and for the viewers that know my husband, he's a big guy. So the reason why we get S class is because he's just a big guy, you know, and what he's talking, what Mark is talking about, uh, the size, um, that comes to play. Why does it feel different in the, in the drive between a C class and the other classes? Well, to start with, you're comparing a 3,300 pound car. Okay. To a 5,500 pound <laughs> car. Okay. And you're comparing a, a car that has a much longer wheelbase. Okay. Now, in ride of cars, the longer the wheelbase, the heavier the car, the okay. smoother the ride. Okay, say that one so more time. The, the longer the wheelbase, okay. the heavier the car, Okay. the smoother the ride. Okay. And, of course, the S is a much more heavy car. You know, because of the metal that goes into a Mercedes-Benz, 14-gauge uh, single-stamp virgin metal. That's very significant. Right. Most cars today are made out of 18 to 20-gauge triple-stamped remanufactured metal. Gotcha. Now, when you're talking about a 3,300-pound C-class, you compare that to any other car on the market in its size class, That other, those other cars are going to weigh 27, 2,800 pounds, even though they're the same size car. Gotcha. The difference is the material they're made out of. All the bright work on that Mercedes-Benz, whether it's a C or an S, it's stainless steel. Why? Gotcha. Because they think it's got to last 20 years. Okay, so they're going to build it stronger. Right. The, just the paint job on a, on a C-Class okay. in the bucket sitting in the floor uh -huh. is 70 pounds. Oh, wow. Because it has two coats of a plasticized primer. Then it has five robotically applied color coats and then two nano thicknesses of a ceramic clear coat, which is another factor of why they retain their beauty. Ceramic clear coats are uh, three times more chip resistant than lacquer clear coats. They're also more expensive. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm getting really educated today on a car that I love, but I didn't know all that. I'm at the background of that. That is wild. Okay, so I got a question. This um, viewer question was, why, you know, why Mercedes? Why do you say Mercedes is the best of the best? Because it will save your life. 
it'll save your life. Yes. I will say uh, for the viewers uh, out there, um, Mark has always told me that Mercedes are better than Range Rovers. And we have this fight <laughs> a lot. And I do sell both, by the Yes, way. he does. He sells them both. <laughs> but he'll tell you flat out, okay, he'll say every time I say I want a Range Rover, he'll say, you mean Mercedes, right? You know, that type thing. Can you tell me, you know, why, why do you say that? Mechanical durability. Okay. Safety. Okay. Probable resale. Okay. Overall longevity of the car. Okay. Okay. Statistically, Mercedes-Benz has the longest life expectancy of any make car sold in the United States of America. Oh, wow. The E-Sedan is the prototype for all U.S. safety standards for all other cars to come up to. And that's really? according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I did not know and that. And it has been for quite a few years now. I did not know that. The interesting thing is uh, the safety that goes into the E okay. uh, is no greater than what goes into a C or an S. Why they chose an E to be the car they put that brand on is uh, beyond me. But, uh, you know, you you hear a lot of things come out on TV and you hear a lot of things that misguide you on advertising. Like uh, recently, there's been a lot of advertising on a particular car company about forward automatic stopping. Okay. And that they had adjusted, they had invented a system that would stop the car for you in a in a probable rear-end collision. Right. And, it, and they do have that, and it's a very, very good feature. And Mercedes invented that in 2008, and our cars have had that since then. And they're just now talking about it. Yes, because Mercedes does not market to the masses. That is true. That is true. You know, blind spot assist, we've had that since 08. Lane departure, we've had that since 08. Alert assist, uh, we've had that since about... Uh, 09 or, to, or, or the next year after that. That's the device that wakes you up if you're going to sleep. I did not know that. And in our very, <laughs> very, in our very, very latest uh, things is our new Distronic. Now, a lot of cars have Distronic. Distronic is the device where when you set your cruise control and you're, you come up behind a car going much slower, it maintains a preset distance behind that car. Okay. Well, Mercedes does a lot, a lot of research. And not only do they do research on cars and mechanics, they do research on people. Okay. And they found out that in normal everyday driving that we'll get behind a car like that, and we're assuming they're going to get off the interstate and get out of the way. And 20 minutes later, we're still following this car doing 50 miles an hour on the interstate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the device, after you followed that car for five minutes, will check the left-hand lane and pass it on its own. So Mercedes has had that since when? That is something that came out in 2018. Really? Okay. So there is, you know, the cars of Honda dealerships to Toyota to luxury cars. Mm -hmm. And the viewer question is, and you touched on it a minute ago, is that the misconception of how much it costs to buy a Mercedes. Mm. Can you tell me 
the difference and between those three cars that I named, uh, those brands of cars that I named, um, what would you say, why you would say, okay, if somebody had $40,000, okay. let's just say 40000 and it was between a Honda brand, Toyota, and Mercedes, why would you say still Mercedes? Because I know you would still say Mercedes. Again, probable resale, probable safety. Uh -huh. Those are two uh, things. Uh, the other is longevity. Okay. You know, the Japanese are capitalists like Americans. We taught them to be. Right. And they're better at it than we are. Right. And there's such a thing in, in industry, in, in the car industry, it's planned obsolescence. Okay. Now, if, uh, 10 years ago, Toyota came out and said, we're going to build a car that will last 10 years, and we're going to control that car from birth to death. Because we're going to convince our customers that we build the best car in the world, and they're going to come back to us, and we're going to resell that car a second time as a certified pre-owned car, and maybe a third time. And you said just a few minutes ago about, well, you just said about Toyota saying about 10 years. But a few minutes before that, you said 20 years. Yeah, look at 20 years. Mercedes so that's double the time. That Mercedes expects every car they build to be driven 20 years. So you, and I can give them the proof. One of one of the ones that I drive every day okay. is 21 years old. I bought it new. It's 21 years old. Okay. It's got 296,000 miles on it. It's okay. not usable. I spent uh -huh. a grand total of $2,000 on that car and repairs in 21 years. Wow. And I'm still driving it every day. And it still looks good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 21 years. Yes. And I'm not an exception. I have a lot of customers that fit that. Oh, wow. It's not uncommon at all in our shop for 200,000-mile cars to come in for schedule. Oh, no, I believe that. I totally believe that. Totally believe that. And the reason why I'm asking that question is that it was a viewer question at the same time. It's because you always hear about Honda and Toyota. Oh, they go over 200,000. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, you hear that, you know. Uh, well, they talk about the maintenance. That's another misconception of a maintenance of maintenance. Uh, cost. Can you explain maintenance costs? You know, uh, one of the viewers' questions was about tires and oil changes. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an average of those two things and then the overall cost? Well, Mercedes Benz, Mercedes Benz cars hold eight quarts of fully synthetic Mobile One motor oil. Okay. And they have a filter that is the filtering agent in that filter is fleeced where everyone else uses cardboard. Now, the reason okay. they use fleece is it's a better filtering agent. So if you came into our, into our shop and you said, all I want is an oil change. Okay. With tax, it would be about $116. Really? Yes. $116, everybody. A lot. Now, that is a misconception because I've heard so many, now you know, David normally gets it done, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, but I've heard so many people sit and say, oh, my gosh, your oil change is five, six, seven, eight hundred $800, you know, that type thing. And you said $116. Yeah. And you only change the oil on that car once every 10,000 miles, which in most cases, for most people, is once a year. The average American drives 15,000 miles a year. Okay. And so and to the Hondas and Toyotas, Roughly, in that, I mean, you change the oil, what, 
every they're they're two, trying to come up to ten thousand mile intervals, but heretofore it's been seventy five hundred miles. So seventy five hundred miles. So that's twice in a year. Okay, so it's cheaper to have the Mercedes then in in the oil change uh, area. What about tires? Well, the sport utilities that come with all weather tires. Okay. The tires on those, and I know very well because I own Mercedes Sport Utilities and I've owned a lot of them, uh, they go about 50,000 miles. Some of my customers go as far as 60. I usually replace mine around 50. Uh, the cars are the same with one exception. You can either get summer tires or you can get all-weather tires. Okay. Summer tires will not last as long, and the reason being an all-weather tire is 11 30 seconds tread depth, and a summer tire is 8 30 seconds tread depth. Okay. So you're talking about the difference in, uh, on a sedan, uh, the difference between, say, 25 to 30,000 miles compared to, say, 40, 45,000 miles okay. on the all-weather tires. So roughly, price-wise, what are people looking at between, now we're saying on the average, okay, uh, yearly for oil change well just say the basic maintenance of a car for in well, a year let's let's do it by the book okay that. mercedes has what's called a flexible service plan okay where you do a flex a service then the next service is a flex b then you do a flex c okay then you do a flex d okay and then you start all over again at flex a okay. now the reason they do that is they take all the things that you're going, that car is going to need over that number of miles, which we're talking about, 40,000 miles, and they average it out so that you don't pay a big service fee. Uh -huh. So your, your services, as a general rule, are going to cost between $250 and $280. Yearly? Yearly. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Now, you don't do a tune-up on a Mercedes-Benz until 90,000 miles, and at 90, it also gets a transmission service. Did y'all hear that? 90,000 miles. That, that service is more expensive. You're, you're probably going to spend seven dollars $800 at that interval. But still, at 90,000 miles, that's not expensive. If you... It's actually less expensive than the Japanese cars you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, because I'm over going 90,000 miles. That's not really expensive. You know, um, is there any other thing, before we go to the next question, any other thing that you can say is a misconception on cost? Just the actual cost of ownership. And you have to realize this. Uh, if you come to a, a, go to a professional, and not just in Mercedes Benz, if you have a, if your choice is a different mate, find you a professional that you can stay with that's interested in helping you manage your transportation dollars. It's the second biggest expense in your life. Yes. So that they will help you to manage them, and you know, and you and I've been through this. Yes. Okay, I'm selling you this now, and you're going to need another car at this length of time. He and literally, this is what he literally this car, tells me that this is what your car should be worth at that time. So this is what you're yes. looking at spending next time. Yes. Uh, and I've never heard any other dealer say that to tell, be able to tell you to predict. You know when you are going to, have to buy another car. You know what it's going to be valued at then. 
I mean, that's a value right there to have a dealer that is that knowledgeable, that knows the market, the product that they're selling, and be able to tell you how to plan. I mean, plan out when you're going to buy another car. I mean, that's priceless. It really is. Well, the average people today uh -huh. buy a car every two years. But it's not necessarily really? the same car that they're replacing because very few families only have one car. They have two to five cars in the household. Two to five. So every, one of those cars is replaceable every one to two years. He said two to five cars. So <laughs> how many cars do you have? Yvonne? Oh, no. We're not going there. <laughs> Look, too many. Let me just say too many, but it's, no, but not, you have. it's not Yavaka's doing. Trust that. It's Mark and David's doing. <laughs> Trust that. <laughs> Let me just say that. But, you know, you have... You drive a car. Your husband drives a car. Yeah, your your daughter. daughter drives a yeah. car. Uh, you, you might have, have two or car. three daughters that drive cars. I have a play car. Or you have a toy car. <laughs> so when you start to factor all that in, you have yeah. different rates of uh, uh, replacement. Okay, guys. We are wrapping up the first part of the two-part series of showcasing Mark Caldwell of Mercedes of Knoxville. He is teaching all of my viewers to everything to know about Mercedes, how they're built, how they run, and what grade of product they are. Tune in next Thursday so you can hear the second part of the series so you can make a great investment for your family. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the first family of real estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalsrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.